Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your weekend sports cars. Well, yet again, we're not doing a listener Q&A show this week, Graham Goodwin, my beloved co-host. We're doing a Flappy Gums episode. What is that for first-time listeners? It's more myself, Marshall Pruitt, guy who covers IMSA, worked in IMSA back in the long time ago, old ancient times when the world was black and white and who covers North American sports cars. Uh, and Graham Goodwin, editor of Daily Sports Car, uh, commentator, opinion provider, and analysis insider. Uh, WEC, <laughs> European Le Mans Series, Asian Le Mans Series. If it has Le Mans Series at the end of it, that is where you will see or hear Graham Goodwin. Um, we'll admit, think you've failed a bit on branding with dailysportscar.com. Uh, maybe we can tweak that to dailysportscarlemansseries.com. But anyways... That's my guy, Graham Goodwin. He's just back from the FIA World Endurance Championship season finale. Glad you made it home safe. We got a lot to talk about, my man, but not a lot of time. So where should no, we, we start? Well, let's, let's, let's go with some points of history. Congratulations to Toyota for a third consecutive uh, hypercar world championship. Um, that uh, manufacturer's title was nailed in, but we now know that uh, it is Brendan Hartley, uh, Seb Boemi, and Ria Hirakawa. Uh, Brendan with a fourth world title in the WEC, two apiece now for Porsche and Toyota. That's quite some record. Uh, matching four titles for Seb Boemi, uh, all with Toyota. And Ria Hirakawa, in his, at the end of his second season, 100% world championship success for them. Amazing stuff for them. Team WRT taking the predicted LMP2, and for the moment, final LMP2 title in the World Insurance Championship, uh, with their number 41 car coming home uh, untroubled um, and strong to complete the title run. But little doubt that the big headline of the day um, was not the title winner. That was already secured for the Corvette Racing effort with uh, uh, Ben Keating, Nico Ferroni, and Nicky Katzberg. But the winner of the final ever GTE race uh, in history, uh, a proud history that goes back to 2011, was the number 85 Iron Dames car yes. run by Iron Links. My favorite Porsche part 11 of the RSR. Absolutely. Rachel Frey, uh, Michelle Gatting, and Sarah Bovey, the first ever World Championship race win by an all-female crew in any discipline. Uh, Lila Wadu already took a race win in a mixed crew, herself and her two male uh, counterparts at Spa. But an astonishing achievement by that team. And what a great way, Marshall, to bring down the curtain on the GTE era with a history-making run. Also, we could say great and amazing and all those things because it is a first, but we can also say exactly the way it's supposed to be. So how crazy an idea where you say, hey, those women racers are just as good as those men racers. Mm -hmm. And hey... Since 99% of all the endurance racing lineups feature all male lineups and ultimately many of those lineups win. Well, Hey, what if we put together a crew of strictly women racers behind the wheel? Well, guess what? Yeah. Hey, they won as well. The thing that I love to is reading a quote after the race of, I think it might've been Michelle who was in the car to close, but, uh, had a really big, healthy, big, healthy lead. And was like, yeah. okay, cool, just going to manage. 
And all of a sudden, you know, it was like a 12 second lead was down to about one and a half seconds. And she was just like, Hey, want to conserve tires? Just don't want to overtax the machine. There's no reason to go nuts in terms of cranking out crazy lap times, use up all the vehicle's resources before we get to the checkered flag. So going to conserve and that big giant lead evaporated. And the thing that I loved about this Graham was, okay, so how was this win achieved? Was it luck? Was it whatever? No, this was built a big lead, managed it, maybe overmanaged it a little bit, had second place firing up behind, truly threatening for the win. And what did she have to do? Dial things back up, go like hell, uh, expanded that lead slightly, but held firm, won the race. So instead of it just being a, a gift where, you know, car broke and all of a sudden you're the winner or it was super easy. I love that this history making victory that also serves as the close to GTE was one where there was a true test and trial to hold on to that yeah. victory. And these women are badasses as we've known. And so again, we'll celebrate this for what it is because it's a first, but yeah, this is just see the, even the police are turning on the sirens outside. They're really happy. Absolutely. And um, in, in celebration, just confirmation that this is something that hopefully in our lifetimes, we won't be talking about how's no. this. We don't talk about, Hey, did you see the three men who won the hypercar championship? Like, okay. We don't talk about that because there's no reason to, cause that's status quo. I'm just hoping in our lifetimes, Graham, we'll get to a point to where this is a status quo as well. And that's motorsport is one of the few sports in the world where gender is truly irrelevant. So I hope we get to that level playing field. Let's well, talk one more quick item before we move on yeah. to the next item. You know, I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners and also apologize for us not opening up uh, the gates here for questions this week. I, I, the guy who takes full responsibility for that because i have a very short week it is wednesday and my week goes upside down in about an hour when we leave for an appointment that'll take us away for the rest of the day and then at sonoma for the rest of the week for the velocity invitational vintage event doing some cool stuff there but just have a very short schedule so unfortunately our recording this week is on me for being short but just wanted to say thank you to our listeners Truly, Graham, it seems like every week we look at the amount of downloads and listens to our weekend sports car show, which I always fail to remember. How many years old is it now? Five, eight, six? Uh, eight, 18 at uh, day, uh, 2018 Daytona, we started this. Yeah. So that's 1920, that's it. We're six, end of sixth year. Now wow. We're almost out of diapers, I think. Well, <laughs> me, I, I might have just revealed something about myself. Um, big thanks to our listeners. Obviously, Graham and I, old friends, uh, we do this for a living, enjoy one another's company, speak as frequently as possible. Being able to do this, knowing that y'all seem to enjoy it, uh, it means a lot. I mean, truly, we do this because uh, we want to do it, and we know that this is something that hopefully is either fun, interesting, educational, or just pure idiocy, which I think that is my official department. Um, so yeah, just want to say a little thank you here. Now that we have both my IMSA WeatherTech sports car championship season officially over and your FIWEC season done. So let's also say a quick thank you to our ongoing and great show partners in Cooper tires, the justice brothers and Toronto motorsports.com. So you mentioned four time 
world champion, yes. Brendan Hartley. Yes. We should also say Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti's Brendan Hartley, who will be competing with them in January at the Rolex 24 Daytona. And in a little twist of, is this a twist of the GTP knife? BMW factory endurance driver Colton Herta ain't driving for BMW. <laughs> He'll be in the other Wayne yeah. Taylor racing with Andretti car. He is a full-time competitor for Michael Andretti in the NTT IndyCar series. So fun to know that now that Michael and Wayne Taylor have two accurate GTP cars, well, indeed you can, call Colton home because there was really no room for him when it was just a single car entry. So fun news this week as well. And I guess I can reveal the big top secret thing, Graham. Not really, but uh, hey, we recorded an episode last week and it didn't run. (laughs) And why didn't it run? Um, We had some audio difficulties. Uh, We tried to get one in while he was on the, Graham was on the ground. We did, went back and listened to it, started editing and the audio audio quality just wasn't worthy of y'all's ears. So that's, again, I, I take full blame for that. Nonetheless, one of the things I think, I think Bahraini internet might take the blame for that. Fair point. Buck stops here though. But one thing we did mention last week, which didn't make it to air, uh, was, well, Hey, who was going to drive for Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti at Daytona and who isn't that being Alex Albon which makes me a a little sad that has since been the matter of a printed story by my racer colleague, Chris Medland confirming that he won't be going along for the ride at Daytona. Nonetheless, just looking at car counts, we know that Daytona will be packed, filled as many cars as they can possibly fit on pit lane. We know the IMSA's full season grid is also, I think the biggest ever in the modern era. And then I know that you, through Daily Sports Car and your young Jedi, Stephen Kilby, put mm-hmm. together a story this week talking about WEC grids going forward, where there's yeah. a lot, could be more, but we, we're we going to be getting to that similar place, Graham, of, wow, we need like a mezzanine track, like a second tier for folks <laughs> to run on, because that's the only way we're going to fit everybody. Tell us about that. Well, okay. I mean, we wrote something for DSC for Race uh, a little wee while back that basically asked the question, open question, is the WC grid for 2024 set? And we laid out what we thought were the 36 cars that we believed at that stage was the capped number. Capped, by the way, because of garage space uh, at both Cota and Imola, both of which are likely to be single time only in this iteration visits for the WEC uh, next year. We expect WEC is going to be looking for circuits that will be able to accommodate more. However, two things then happened in pretty quick succession, MP. The first was uh, a story, again, uh, pretty exclusive to WEC, uh, to, uh, to Daily Sports Car and to IMSA, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to RACER. Have you got uh, a poltergeist in there? We've got someone on the roof uh, oh. d- 
doing the safety dance or something like that. That's so right. okay. Uh, this is free. This is bonus material, Graham. We bonus got like beats material. Yeah, beats it's and rhymes on the wooden, roof. Got a wooden leg doing a sea shanty. The best part um, is they don't tell us beforehand, so we excellent. learn about this, this when you do, dear <laughs> listeners. And apparently, someone's on the roof bouncing around. I don't know, swinging a sledgehammer. We'll see. Maybe they'll fall through and join us. So yeah, we'll so, have a, the, a, the, a third member of the show. So the story that broke um, when I was at uh, right at the end of the uh, Finale Mondiale, which is the uh, end of season celebration of all things Ferrari racing, was the revelation from Antonello Coletta, who runs the race programs for Ferrari outside of Formula One, that they were now ready to uh, assist technically a customer effort with a Ferrari 499P. Now, there's a couple of things really interesting about that. The first one was they're not allowed to put in a third uh, uh, factory car for the full season, so it would have to be a customer car. Uh, they'd already made it clear they would only be able to do that with substantial factory input because of the technical aspects of that car. And the final aspect is that it definitely will not be an IMSA uh, entry. It will be a third car for the WEC. So those things were already pretty well established that they were prepared to do that. To be blunt, because amongst the areas I'm not stupid, uh, and there's lots of areas where I am, uh, is I know a statement when I see one, and this was not something I expected to be as late as 2025. Of course, having put that into the public domain, as you might imagine, the second that the paddock gates opened, um, at uh, Bahrain, people were uh, beating an unruly path towards Senor Coletta and the Ferrari F Corsa pits. And uh, indeed, he made clear that this would have to be a customer car, would not be a uh, factory car, made clear that they were ready, willing, and able to do so for 2023. Well, I can now tell you, um, and something that's not yet uh, made the pages of DSC, because I'm what? not written it yet. Are we doing a hashtag breaking this. exclusive scoop, Graham Goodwood? We are doing a breaking exclusive scoop. I have spoken uh, to the person I believe to be behind this entry and can tell you uh, that not only of the WEC and ACO now confirmed that the maximum will be 37 cars, not 36, um, that uh, it looks, uh, quote, 90% done for that to be a third Ferrari to make the difference for 2024. And yes, I know who's going to be running it. And yes, I know who probably two of the three drivers are going to be for that car. Congratulations, Colin Collis. Finally, (laughs) you made it, buddy. Uh, I was looking at photos of the 2015, what was it, CLM01, I think they call it. I think that thing still has still running somewhere, but under whatever latest iteration um wow but it will be 19 hypercar entries for the 2024 season unless something <laughs> odd happens and 18 in lmgt3 because lmp2 of course leaves the, the stage in wc not as some have reported um at uh, le mans they will still be at le mans there will be an oversubscribed grid of 22 cars we believe for the european le mans series we've got a big grid of lmp2s for the Asia Le Mans series, which you know will be, uh, Ollie and I will be calling again. Something else we can confirm. Oliver Gavin, in, yes, indeed. Not I, Oliver, never, Bar- Olivier Beretta. Did never heard of him, you know, until he until I met him. Tall guy, um, former course, saline could, driver, if I recall correctly. He did, but it's his breakthrough drive. Um, 
And, uh, of course, a great grid as well with the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and, uh, you know, already beginning to fill some gaps in the driver order there. So that was number one. 37 cars confirmed as the maximum grid for next year. They're not a shock, but surprise confirmation that came from the WEC uh, in Bahrain weekend is one final detail of what's going to happen with LMGT3. Now, LMGT3 is the ACO's iteration of the GT3 formula. There is a very minor difference between GT3 and LMGT3 in terms of the performance window, and the evidence of that is that the uh, the Lexus RCF GT3 that will race, I'm sure, in the hands of uh, ASP, Autosport Promotion in the WEC, will need a very minor evolution to get that car into the performance window for LMGT3. That change, by the way, will not uh, be put on the cars for IMSA in GTD Pro or GTD. So it's a very minor change. It's not a re-homologation. It's not a full Evo version. Um, so that's number one part of it. The uh, the important clarification comes, and this does have some pretty sweeping effects elsewhere, that for the Le Mans 24 hours, it will be only the nine makes of LMGT3 cars that feature on the uh, WC grid that will be accepted for the uh, Le Mans 24 hours. Now, what effect does that have? Well, it has potentially effects on the Asia Le Mans series, on the Insta WeatherTech Sports Car uh, Championship and on the European Le Mans Series because if any team running a car that is not accepted on the WEC grid wins with that car, they will not be permitted to use that same GT3 car in LMGT3 at Le Mans. And at the moment, our understanding is that, that could affect potentially three manufacturers. Uh, the first is Audi. The second is Mercedes-AMG, and the third is Acura Honda. They are the three They are the three manufacturers of GT3 machinery that we expect to be represented on those other grids. Not all of them in all of them, uh, but some of them in some of them. Um, that <laughs> should, 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 for instance, a Sunspark Audi. That's my favorite. With, that's going to be my favorite line go. of the show. Some of, them, some of them, some of them, but not all of them. All of them. That's brilliant. That's you don't ever change, for Goodwin. Instance, for instance, if Winwood Racing win um, the entry for uh, the entry that comes from the IMSA GTD class for their gentleman driver, Winwood would not be able to get in a Mercedes AMG. Um, if Mercedes AMG, as we expect, is not accepted on the the uh, the a WC list. Similarly, if Sandlot Racing uh, are victorious in the Asia Le Mans series, the automatic invitation that comes for the winner of the GTD class, if it went to Sandlot Racing, they would have to find one of the other makes to partner with for their debut at the Le Mans 24 Hours. That is, is a surprise, not a shock. It is, however, a shock to some of those teams concerned. And that will be very interesting to see and hear whether or not we see any changes to the entry uh, entries as a result of that. Uh, and certainly, my guess would be there might be some quite fruity language currently being spoken in French uh, between those two. And I can tell you, by the way, when that announcement was made in a press briefing at uh, Bahrain, 
my colleague Stephen Kilby following up with one of those teams uh, was the first person to have told them that news. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I can add a hashtag breaking exclusive scoop. That's not really one. Um, in the vein of not of telling you something, but not telling you a whole bunch. Um, had a call from a team today. A one in kind of the hyper carish GTP ish realm asking mm-hmm. for the phone number of a driver who's done mm-hmm. some, I'd say, pretty impressive things over here in America and inquiring not only about their number, but also thinking they might be able to put them to work uh, in a factory capacity. And Ooh. I, yeah. And I was texting with the driver afterwards after they heard from the team. And yeah, sounds like there's conversations at least. Nothing more to add. Uh, but I love things like that where you go, okay, at the factory level, Graham, everything's plotted and planned weeks, years, months in advance. Excellent. Nothing fun or kind of spontaneous happens. And then you go, oh, Hey, I love that. That's totally spontaneous. You should do that. So, well, I mean, we've already seen a little bit of that uh, MP with the revelation via Porsche that Antonio Felix da Costa has been decosted um, out of uh, the WC will serve only the uh, Formula E program for Porsche uh, next year. I don't think it would surprise anybody that uh, Felix is not very happy about that at all, at all. He's in a competitive team with Hertz Team Jota this season, and it's no doubt in my mind they expected to be allowed to do that again in 2024. So there's already ripples going through um, the customer areas of Hypercar. I can tell you that uh, I expect at least one of the current uh, WC Hypercar teams to have not one but two changes in their driver lineup. Uh, next season with the likelihood that a further one has got at least one. So there's movement potentially galore in the driver market. We've heard from Ferrari that there's going to be no changes in there. Uh, six person crew in the 50 and the 51 cars for next season. So they're happy with plan A, but there's at least two that are looking to make changes for 2024 that are not yet announced. There's another one that has been announced with Stoffel van Dorn in and Gustavo Menezes out at Peugeot. Um, I think we should start to see pictures of the revised Peugeot uh, AVEC rear wing uh, that we should start to uh, expect to see some spy photographs, renders, or call it what you will um, before the end of this year. Uh, That car um, will certainly test whether or not it'd be ready for the season opener remains to be seen. We're seeing evidence now of the embrace of uh, the WC around the Asotto Fraschini uh, program on social media that uh, doesn't just indicate it sort of states they're going to be there with a single car uh, next season. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be a busy winter. There's a lot of racing, by the way, still to come uh, with Macau. I'll be at that race weekend um, in the middle of this month and then with the Asia Le Mans series back in Asia at the early part of December, and then a little bit of a pre, uh, pre-Christmas top-up for me in televisual land 
uh, with uh, a week in Dubai, the, the Golf Historics. And I might take a digi recorder there and send you a list of cars and ask you which ones you'd like to strap it to hey. uh, for uh, for the fabulous collection stuff we've got. Goodwin uh, strap-on is- service. Going strong. Yes, indeed. Uh, it is five decades in. You're amazing. It is. It is GT cars from the '60s, the '80s, and the the postmodern era, and it is Formula One cars from the '70s, the '90s. <sighs> beautiful stuff, uh, brother Goodwin. What yeah. else should we talk about to close the show, or should we say farewell to this Flappy Gums episode? I think what we should say is uh, subject to. When, when are you back from uh, your travels, MP? I'll be back in the office Monday. Right, so I'm going to say I fly Wednesday to Macau on Sunday. You should expect to look out for a call for question, and we will try to get something in the can um, before I leave for Macau, after which, uh, because it is where it is, my connectivity is likely to be somewhat um, curtailed. We'll actually just add, by the way, we did mention some changes or some updates in LMP2. Delighted to see that uh, Colin Brown has got a full-season uh, seat at CrowdStrike Racing by APR. So he'll be back partnering George Kurtz for the full 2024 season. So one of the last remaining pieces of the puzzle falling out from uh, the Marshank uh, effort not being in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for 2024. Happy to see that Colin has got gainful employment in a team that has got real prospects of uh, a good run at a meaningful title in North America. Beyond that, MP, I know this has been a pretty rapid fire thing. I think we're about ready uh, to allow you to get on with the the travails of your day. Uh, So that means me saying, do look out for a call for questions on Sunday. Uh, And with thanks in advance to Daniel Summerskill, I'm sure will be helping us out uh, on that front. With thanks, of course, to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com for their continuing support for our endeavours here. Thanks, of course, to you, MP, in what I know has been a very busy week and it's going to be a, a further, furtherly busy day. He's been Marshall Pruitt. I'm definitely, I'm just checking the uh, label on the back of my jumper. I am indeed Graham Goodwin. It says it there. My mum sewed it in. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been the Week in Sports Cars, part of Marshall Pruitt's you know, just how can I put this limitless podcast offerings Uh, we will be with you next week you funny